Broadcasting around the world, online at PressBoxRadio.com and to great radio stations throughout the state of Alabama, this is the Press Box. It is for a Monday, March the 14th. March Madness is here. The uh, brackets announced yesterday for the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Looking forward to that, and uh, we'll talk about it now. Mike Grace, joined by J.D. Byers in Mobile, Chris Stewart in Birmingham. And on the horn with us, Jerry Palm, bracket specialist for CBSSports.com. Follow him on Twitter at JP Palm, CBS, just that simple. Let's talk about what the committee got right and got wrong, Jerry. Let's start with Texas A&M, man. After what they did at the SEC tournament, we thought they were in, but no, they're not among the 68. Yeah, they had to do, make that kind of a run to even really get considered. Um, but once they did, you know, if you compare, especially, I, I wrote about this, you compare Texas A&M's resume to Indiana. And there's a lot of similarities, but in most ways, A&M's is better. And I, so I don't know how A&M is, is out of the tournament and Indiana's in. And Indiana wasn't even the last team in or the second to last team in. Um, that's the team I missed in my bracket. I had Rutgers. Uh, and, the, and I mean, I had A&M and the committee put in Rutgers. Um, but even if I had put Rutgers in my bracket, I wasn't taking A&M out. So I don't... Uh, yeah. You know, the, it's tough at the bottom of the bracket. And then A&M is like the third team out. They're not even the first team out. Um, they had Dayton and SMU ahead of them. So, I, I don't know. Um, but I wrote about that. I just – I don't see how Texas A&M is out of the tournament and Indiana is in. And I say that without saying that if A&M is in, Indiana should be out. <laughs> I'm just saying they should be in ahead of Indiana. It, Jerry, how often – does the criteria seem to change? In the, I don't think the criteria ever changes, but it's a subjective process guided yeah. by this objective data. And right. you've got 12 people on the committee who have their own opinions about the various pieces of data that they use as to how important it might be to them. And, you know, it's, so the criteria, though, never really changes. It's, it's the people interpreting it that change. And their own that, opinions fair. about the data. Yeah. So with the committee changing, therefore the the variables yeah. seem and, and to it change. Over every, just you know, based on people real. every year. I mean, this year we have twelve on the committee right. for the first time instead of ten. So there are five new members to the committee just this year, um, and uh, two thirds of it has turned over since the last time we had a full season and a bracket, which was 2019. So. You know, right. The, it was hard to judge anything based on trends when you haven't had anything to look at in three years in, in an almost entirely new committee. I would love to get your opinion on the SEC and the conversation, obviously, in our part of the country about the fact that you don't have a one seed from the league. Uh, Tennessee being a three rather than a two. And again, I don't know how much that matters, but also that Alabama, you know, it, it's it's a case where the higher teams didn't seem to be seated as high as many thought they could be, but yet there are others that probably have the perception that Alabama is seated too high based on where they were in some tough ball games this year. Could you just give me your thoughts on kind of where the league as a whole fell? Um, yeah, I believe that either Auburn or Kentucky would have been a number one seed had they won their conference tournament, but neither did. Um, the right. top of the bracket was really competitive. Uh, there were six teams fighting for four spots. And unfortunately for Auburn and Kentucky, they went out of the fight early. So mm-hmm. they ended up 
uh, probably five and six, although I don't have the um, the sheet in front of me. Oh, actually, uh, Auburn five, Kentucky six. So um, that's just how it worked out. You know, that's it wasn't a, it wasn't meant as a reflection on the league. The committee doesn't care about that. Um, sure, but but Tennessee as a three, uh, they've got to be ahead of Duke. That or and I think Texas Tech should have been ahead of Duke too. And there was a case for Purdue yeah. had they won the Big Ten to be ahead of Duke. I mean, Duke as a two is to me the most egregious seeding mistake. Um, there's just no evidence to support that whatsoever. Uh, Duke's resume is fails in comparison to almost all of the top three seeds in this bracket. Almost all of them. Uh, Wisconsin would probably be the exception. So yeah, you, they could have made Tennessee a two. They could have made Texas Tech a two ahead of Duke legitimately either way. The committee actually had Texas Tech behind Purdue in the in their one to 68 seating. Um, but really, if, if that's the case, then all three of those teams should have been ahead of Duke. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's um, they had actually Wisconsin as the top three. So they had Texas Tech at Tennessee and Purdue, although Wisconsin beat Purdue twice. So if you want to make that argument, fine. But Tennessee and Texas Tech behind both Wisconsin and Duke. That's just egregious to me. Jerry Palm, our guest inside the press box, the uh, bracket set. So got to ask you, is it strictly rank them one through top to bottom and then see how they match up? Or is there any storylines or any matchups that where you, it just happens? Okay. Is, is it completely happens? very regimented. So, yes, it's rank them one to 68. And then you put them in the bracket, starting at one in the best, you know, actually number one overall gets to choose where they go. But um, into the closest geographic location you can. Uh, for the top 16 uh, teams, it's about the um, the regional and the sub-regional. Uh, but obviously, you have to keep teams from the same conference separated. And um, once you get past 16, then you're just looking at the sub-regionals, the first and second round sites, as uh, close as, poss- as you possibly can um, with the bracket separation rules. It, it's a very regimented process. It's It can be a bit cumbersome the further you get down the bracket just to get everybody in a place where they fit without, all, without breaking all these bracket rules. Uh, and they had a heck of a time with the first four teams this year. Um, they actually had to switch the seed, the two pairings to get them to fit. Um, so it, no, there's, they, they don't create storylines. And, but the thing about these storylines, these supposed storylines is that most of them are of local interest and the committee's not even going to know. Yeah. Um, some random assistant coach used to be at this one school or whatever, or played for this one. They don't know. You know, it's most of a- the storylines, uh, yeah. for whatever storyline you think they created, I can give you three that they miss. It's, it, you know, it's just not. It's, it's they don't have time for that to think about stuff like that they have way too many other rules to follow to worry about storylines it's, it's a transient profession in the coaching world so it's it these storylines are going to come up regardless it just is coincidence sometimes but like a, you get a you get a marquette now playing texas shaka smart who was at texas never even won a tournament game while he was the head coach of the longhorns you get kentucky in state against murray state uh one question for me I though really uh, that game happens by the way <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. As, as, as somebody um, who's going to Indianapolis to cover the game, I really hope we get Kentucky and Murray State. Um, the uh, Oklahoma, your, your thoughts, were they somebody completely snubbed? Were they in the same Texas no. A&M category? No, although they were the second. You know who got snubbed if, if there was a snub uh, is A&M. I, mean, yeah. I don't understand how A&M is out of the bracket and Indiana's in it. Uh, because if you put their two resumes side by side, you see a lot of similarities. But the the negatives, you know, in the in those comparisons are almost all Indiana's. 
Um, now, I'm not saying that A&M should be in and Indiana should be out. I'm just saying if Indiana's in, A&M has to be in too. And uh, the committee's last team out was Notre Dame. So if they were going to put A&M in, it would have been Notre Dame that popped out. But um, the A&M to me was the snub, if you will, the biggest selection mistake. Uh, and then A&M was only the third team out. They had both Dayton and SMU ahead of Texas A&M on the on the first four out. So I don't understand that. Um, but uh, no, Oklahoma, no, they just didn't have a good enough season. Jerry Palm, our guest here inside the press box, you referenced Duke earlier. Was that simply a lifetime achievement award or a retirement gift for Coach K? Uh, no, no, they wouldn't do that. Um, they must have legitimately looked at Duke and thought they were better than their resume. Um, and they they might be better than their resume, you know, because yeah. their league is so crappy that they didn't really get a chance to stack the kinds of wins they might normally get. But the other the, the thing that stands out for me is the teams that beat them. You know, it's the losses. Duke has four losses outside of quadrant one. And if you look at the top 12 teams, the, the one, twos, and three seeds, Wisconsin also has four losses outside of quad one. The other 10 teams have a combined four losses outside of quad one. And they all, almost all of them, have more good wins. So Duke and Wisconsin have got to be threes. If you're, if, you're, if you're looking at these 12 teams, Duke and Wisconsin have got to be threes. And, you know, if you want to put Tennessee as a two, great. That's probably what I would do. Uh, you could make a case for Texas Tech as well, um, but not Duke. Oh, I'm, I want to go back. You asked me about Alabama seed. Alabama was a really tough team to figure because they have a they played a very strong schedule, but they their record in it, they have some losses that are questionable. They have some great wins, but they were a really tough team to kind of sort out. So I had no problem with Alabama as a six with the high number of losses that they have. And that's, you know, that's fair. Again, when you're going full body work and, and doing their play-by-play, um, I could have understood completely if they had slid to a seven, but was not at all yeah, surprised that they were – than a seven, no farther. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, hearing you say that the ACC it was a crappy league, I, it, it reminds Beyond me – Beyond Duke. Yeah, Duke was yeah, good. understand. Duke understand. I mean, even as a three, but, Duke is good enough to win the whole thing. But the rest of the league, man, what a down year. It, it shows how cyclical things are. And even though the Big Ten has more, it to me says where the SEC has come. Because, Jerry, I've done radio shows in the past when you've been kind enough to come on, and I felt almost like a, an attorney pleading my case for Alabama when they lived on the bubble. And part of the knock – was the league itself. I remember a year when, under Andy, Anthony Grant when Alabama had 12 league wins, went to the final day with a chance to get a share of the league crown, didn't get it, and still couldn't get in the NCAA field. And now you're yeah. sitting here at a, at a point in history where you're 19 and 13 and, and you're a six for crying out loud. I mean, schedules well, the, and times. The second place vary. team in the SEC or the ACC, the second place team in the ACC is the last team in the bracket. Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy to think that. Of course, you're judged on your entire there. season, not just your conference. So that's no that's question. Deceptive, but still. Uh, last thing, and I'll let you go. What does Jerry Palm do for the next few weeks now? Because the work in uh, you've still got work to do, but for what 
the focus is for you and where shows like ours call you repeatedly and you're so gracious with your time, that part is over. But, but what happens for you now? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm covering the tournament. So Indianapolis, Chicago, New Orleans. Um, so I've still got, I'll still be busy for the next few, few weeks, um, but doing something different than, you know, what I'm better known for, I suppose. And, um, yeah. but then once the tournament's over, you know, let's see, that'll be around April 4th is the last day of the tournament. So I better do my taxes after that. And then, um, <laughs> that's a good I'll call. Take a nap. Um, yeah. see if no, I can sorry. recognize my kids. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got, a, I've got a high school senior, so we're wow. gearing up to, you know, send somebody off to college this summer. So we'll be pr- plenty busy. Well, look, I really appreciate you being on with us. You're very kind to do it. And uh, do a great job, and we appreciate you sharing info uh, with our audience this morning. Oh, sure, anytime. Thanks. You met Jerry Palm Thank again. You. Find him on Twitter at jppalmcbs, and again, read his work online at cbssports.com. As good as it comes, the resident sports geek at cbssports.com, and uh, real-time bracketology updates throughout the week on CBS Sports. Fun talking with Jerry Palm here inside the press box. When we come back, we'll set you up for the rest of this Monday edition, including two special guests in hour number two. We'll tell you about that after a quick timeout. Remind you that our opening segment, as always, our opening hour, brought to you by friends at Dean Wait Injury Lawyers. Injured, don't hesitate. Call Dean Wait for a pre case review. You can chat with an associate anytime, 24 7 online at deanwait.com. This is Alabama injury attorney Dean Waite. I spent years as an SEC football official, and refereeing an SEC football game is a lot like representing an injured client. Both take hard work, intense preparation, and knowledge of the law. This is what allows us to get our clients maximum compensation for their injury claim. If you've been seriously injured in a car, motorcycle, or big truck accident, visit DeanWaite.com to see how we can help. DeanWaite.com. No representation is made that the quality of the legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Breakline is more than a brand of sunglasses. They're an Alabama-based company with a vision of providing high-quality Italian-made eyewear to those of you who enjoy life outside the box. Breakline Optics offers dozens of frames to choose from, plus military-grade Trivex lenses and customer support like no one else, including a lifetime warranty and even a loss replacement program. Find your perfect pair online at BreaklineOptics.com. BreaklineOptics.com for Italian-made sunglasses built to last. It is the Press Box coming to you on great stations around the state of Alabama and beyond and online at uh, PressBoxRadio.com. Just that simple. Coming up in hour number two, we'll talk to Mike Dettelier, co-host of Sports Talk on WWL Radio in New Orleans. Get the latest on LSU, Will Wade, and what happens with that Fighting Tiger basketball program now in the wake of Will Wade's dismissal. And also we'll talk about the Auburn Tigers, both basketball and baseball, with Jason Caldwell of Inside the Auburn Tigers, scheduled for us in hour number two. Fellas, uh, as you look at it, um, I'll ask you the question again, uh, Chris, that I asked J.D. earlier about Auburn matching up with Jacksonville State. How would you have felt had Bama's opening round matchup been against an in-state team? Would that, would, what, what were your impact Look, thoughts on Look, I that? would not have been the least bit surprised, not the least bit surprised, if they had gone 6-11 game. Uh, UAB. Alabama yeah. and UAB. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely yeah. would not have been surprised. Yeah. Uh, it would have been, um, how about the Omni in Atlanta, Alabama, South South Alabama. Alabama. (laughs) Yeah. They did that shot that rolled the tide. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Did that years ago. And so I would have, uh, I would have not been at all surprised if that had happened. 
But when I saw, you know, Auburn Jacksonville State and and then that Bama was going to San Diego and once I stopped running around the room going uh, <laughs> I, I, uh Saints then Diego it was, then it was uh, a little different. A little different. The uh flashback to the Omni and talking about the you know, some old days, Alabama, South Alabama. I was watching Virginia Tech in the ACC championship. And uh, did you guys watch any of the Hokies? I, I was thinking, am I watching Mark Godfrey and Jim Farmer? Jim Farmer here. Those two point guards got red hot. It was fun to watch. Well, yeah. here's here's they what were I, raining threes. Here's what I know about uh, about Virginia Tech. They're coached by Mike Young, who was at yeah. Wofford for 20 years in the Southern Conference. And I saw a bunch of Mike Young basketball teams at Wofford. He used to do this. He used to line up a whole bunch of six six guys. And, and beat you regardless of what you had. He had six six guys who would play harder than anybody else on the floor and just out-rebound you, out-hustle you, out-dive you, out-shoot you, and he's done the same thing at Virginia Tech now. That's what Houston looks like right now. There, there's no big beast rim protector. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I'm not saying it's positionless basketball, but there's no giant in there, and, you know, it's – 5'11", 6'1", guards, and it's 6'6", maybe a 6'7", sprinkled in in the post. Yep. But they're just they're just taking it to you, playing with really high energy, not running wild and reckless. They get into set plays, but play solid defense. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed, and I didn't know that about the, the head coach at Virginia Tech, but yeah. it, it was just fun to watch him because you could tell that guy's been around the block. And then to see his guys playing at that level together, not for him, but together for each other, and to be able to take and secure a berth instead of having to worry and see if they're going to be the Texas A&M situation, that, that, was, that was pretty cool. Want to talk to the guys? Hit them up at the contact page online at PressBoxRadio.com or find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at PressBoxRadio1. That's PressBoxRadio and the number one. That's how you can earn access to the PressBox. Box. 